another day. All right, let's ride. Shout out to my man Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson for being the great number 85, I believe. Vernon Davis, who played for San Francisco as a tight end, may have been number 85 as well. But anybody else I forgot, too bad, so sad. This podcast is not about you. It's about shit I've seen throughout the week that I felt like talking about. Simple and plain, that's it, baby. That's all. You get this every Monday morning or late Sunday night if you up that late being a creep or a weirdo. But yes, this is episode number 85, and like all, any episode past the first seven, I can't believe I made it this far. But let me go ahead and get into the shenanigans, man. And I, I want to say, when I see things like this this little news clip, I'm going to give you all a little story, whatever. I see things like this, and I just ask myself, how do people sleep at night doing things that they do? And I understand that. To a degree, everybody does a little bit of dirt, I guess, whatever, depending on the situation or whatever your scale is on the on your dirt the dirt scale. There's, you know, I say one to ten. This this shit gotta be on on the ten side to me. It may be uh, it may be eleven, ten point five that range, just because of the level of audacity of this individual, and the man I'm talking about is James Fields Jr. And uh, this is the man who drove from, I want to say, Ohio. He drove from somewhere in the Midwest to go to Charlottesville during that protest when they were protesting the statues and the tiki torches and all that shit. This man drove down there and drove his car into a crowd of people. And he killed um, this lady, uh, Miss Meyer, I believe was her name. He ended up injuring a bunch of people, killing a woman, traumatizing countless more. All because he got fueled up in this in this mess. He got caught up in this mess. This energy that's been in the country. I want to say, I'm not even going to give homie that much credit. I'm a, You know, I'll give it 2008, I'll say, is when I believe the energy started to build. Was when it, it started to conjure because uh, of the former president. But this man drove... All the way from there, got there, probably didn't take a piss break or nothing, and decided to drive into a crowd of people, kill somebody, and has the nerve, the unmitigated gall, the nerve to ask the judge for mercy and the shortest sentence in their life in prison. You have to be a different level of selfish one. You, you hit people with a, a crowd of people. I could, it's not even like you were just driving down the street and happened to hit a motherfucker. You purposely drove to a protest and went directly into a crowd of people. I don't know what your goal was other than to maim, dismember, and kill and cause terror. What was the goal? Did you think you weren't going to get caught? Did you have a suicide plan that you didn't go through with? Because that's the only reason I think that you would be stupid enough to turn around and ask yourself, should you ask somebody else for mercy in this situation? My opinions are extreme. So I keep what I was just thinking in my head to them, to myself. But the, the only way he's getting a sentence shorter than that is probably by somebody doing something to him in prison. And it's going to make that sentence real short because I would hope I'm not going to assume because I know how things go in this country there's a man just been had this criminal conviction overturned he's been tried for murder six times I forgot his name but they ended up throwing the conviction out so I say that to say this 
I would be surprised and I would hope that a judge would not adhere to this man's request. He deserves every second of a life sentence. He made a decision to go down there and hurt people and then flee. He deserves every bit of that life sentence. But as much as I love this place, 4th of July coming up soon, I love the country I'm from, in America, crazy shit happens all the time. You have rapists being in jail for life, and then you have young people from a good background who commit rape behind dumpsters, and these motherfuckers get six months and end up selling only, on that selling, but only dealing with three months of that sentence for, and getting time served and getting let out. So I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked. I would I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked if this uh not I messed that all up. I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be surprised if the sentence goes. I think I messed that all the way up. Anyway, judge, do your damn job. Do not let this motherfucker get off this easy. I messed that all up. I should delete it, but I'm not. This person deserves every bit of that time he did for what for the crime he did, and there's no way, there's no way for shape or form should he be let go for the crimes he committed. That's that's ridiculous for him for him to even ask. You should tack on more time, life plus two life sentences, just for that. Just for that. Because you <laughs> you beyond disrespectful after you didn't kill this lady. You can't. They're not gonna get this lady her life back. You can't get her life back. So you don't get to ask for less mercy. You deserve as much mercy as you showed them people when you drove your fucking car into them. That's what you deserve. Zero. But it just goes to show you that people will commit crimes all hyped up and then ask you to forgive them on the back end. Some shit you just can't come back from. Something you can't come back from. Like I saw a video today because I was on that dumbass world star just, just checking to see things. And uh, I saw something which said this woman's boyfriend that she had lived with a black couple turns out this guy was molesting her 12 year old daughter and while he was she was in there you know basically cussing him out telling him to leave her apartment she basically told him, bro say what you got to say to me and leave and he attempts to apologize to the child and the mother told him hey be quiet don't don't talk to my child you don't speak to her no more he continued because he then said there was nothing he could say. So he knew he was dead wrong, but attempted to apologize anyway. She started beating his ass, and I commend her for her restraint. Like, I always ask in situations like this, where was the father at? Because he probably would have killed, bro. But the fact that you know you did something that foul, you sitting there trying to apologize, and you're only apologizing because, well, we know the answer to that. We, we 100% know the answer to that. And with this individual, it's just like you see people do the most extreme things and then want somebody to turn around and show them mercy. It don't always work like that. Even for mistakes I've made in my life, the scale for violation for each individual is different. You can step on my Jordans today and I'd be like, hey, man, we're out in public. This is where people are at. Everybody's got to walk around. People's feet get stepped on. No big deal. But you may bump to somebody else and step on some some K-Swiss, some some Chucks, some Vans, and they want to blow your head off. You just never know what people's buttons are these days. So I tell people to move through life cautiously. They're like, hey, don't. There's no reason to embrace conflict all the time. There's you can. There's ways to deal with things. Conflict resolution, all that. It doesn't have to always be amped up to the next level. Protect yourself at all times, but don't be the person amping up a situation. Because you never know how it's going to work out. And unfortunately with uh, Mr. Fields here, something got into his head, something, somebody, some movement or some energy got into this man's head to cause him to commit a crime like this. And this, this one, the public is not going to, isn't going to let you just walk away from that judge's career is on the line. The, uh, the credibility of the legal and justice system, which was already taken a lot of hits right now is on the line because you not only did you do this you did this on camera 
documented. Photo, video, documented. So you can always revisit the decision you made to hurt other people. So no, no, sir. She should grant you no leniency. You're lucky you're not getting the death penalty. You need every bit of that time in prison to which uh, I hope you are sentenced. And I had to get it off my chest, man. I, I seen that and I was, I was like, nah, this, this can't be. And uh, something else I saw while on the ignorant superhighway that we call World Star. There was a video that came out a while ago about an, in, uh, an individual from Chicago. He's a, I won't say he's a local rapper because he's, he's known all over the country, but he's not, I would say, mainstream for the most part. You know, he's, he's been around Chief Keep Circle, but this guy ended up getting jumped or attacked and beaten up by some dudes. And this individual did not take that too well. And he has a reputation for people messing with him and just becoming gone. And I, as much as I, as little as I know about the Chicago rap scene, a lot of what I know is there's a lot of a lot of guys from there end up getting shot or going to jail for like they get decent sentences. They're not going for these little two to three years that these other guys get. They're not going for these little year dates that these other guys are getting. These young guys who haven't really got a chance to blow up in the rap game, these guys are getting football numbers. And for those of you who don't understand what that means, that means they're currently getting double digit sentences, like life and 15, 10, 20 years, all that stuff. So a lot of these guys in this in this area are going to jail for decent amounts of time because their name is hot in the street and people are pretty well aware of the things that be going on in Chicago. And um, one of the dudes who was a part of the attack on the one guy ended up getting shot up. And I was just curious because I just kind of wanted to see what was going on in the situation because I've been hearing all these rumors about the guy who got beat up, and just to kind of see if there's any retaliation happened, I looked and it was, well, yeah, boy got shot up. He may be using the wheelchair or something for the rest of his life, or they could just be hyping it up. The scary thing was, though, as I sift through these videos, um, starting on World Star, then going to YouTube, just kind of looking at stuff, a lot of the videos of, the, of these guys, they're on um, either, I want to say either Instagram Live, Facebook Live, they're on some type of live streaming social media, whatever. And just the amount of people that are checking in with these guys and the things they're saying. Like, you can see it up on the screen, and a lot of it is, like, negative towards the other person. Some of it's negative towards the people. And I'm just looking at this this energy that's out there, and it's why I say that we need to, there needs to be a big shift in the black community. There's things that are on the uprise. That's one section of society but the young, young folks are looking at these dudes and they're following their social media and everything. And that's when I was I was trying to tell people that the bubble around black people to stick, there's things, there's internal turmoil going on that it's hard to explain to other people, but there's a lot going on versus the shit you see just on the media, whether it be black, liberal, black, conservative person, discussion shit, there's a lot going on. And the amount of energy these kids were giving, this, giving these individuals was crazy to me. It's almost like they're, it's normalized now. And it's almost like they're empowering people and supporting their decision to go commit these crimes. And, and it scares the shit out of me, quite frankly, because who among them in the comment section is not, is impressionable enough to want to be the person that they're now watching, if you get my meaning. And what, what I'm saying is, what I'm trying to say is, who watching this shit is looking at this like, damn, he out here, he's trying to get his music career on, on track, he's making a little bit of money, I want to be hot in the streets like, oh boy, so maybe it's time for me to turn shit up a notch, maybe it's, it's cool for me to go out there and um, shoot a couple people up, maybe it's time for me to go out there and get it cracking, so I can follow in his footsteps, because like, like I say, when I talk about music on here, especially like shit like Worldstar and everything like that, it's very, very cookie cutter. There's a formula 
to getting on and being impressive to the masses right now. And a lot of that is through violent records being backed by violent actions because that's what the media companies, I won't say the media, I'll say the media companies, that's what they support. Because that's a click away. Fight videos, any type of violence on social media, it's clickable because it's like instant gratification to see, oh, like, damn, somebody's got their ass whooping. You don't think about it as you get old. You're like, less and less, you'll look at some shit like that. You become concerned about, man, I hope this person can can walk after this. I hope their family's okay. Like, I hope they didn't go back and try to shoot up the whole block. But when you're young, that energy, that adrenaline is just, it's there. You just absorb it if you've been exposed to it. It's, it's normal that you've been in situations to where maybe you had to tussle with somebody and, you know, you had to look over your shoulder and it, it, it gets you, it, you know, it's adrenaline. It gets kind of gets you moving, gets you, get your, your, your senses heightened and everything like that. For those of us who've been in those situations where conflict is about to, conflict is about to occur and you're just ready for it. You won't. And it's a part of uh, maturing as an adult. But when you're that young and that impressionable, it's going beyond things I had to deal with growing up as a kid. Yeah, maybe somebody gets in the fight, somebody might get jumped, somebody might get stomped out, whatever. But very rarely did it get to the point where gunplay was getting involved. And the individuals I'm talking about, they're in their 20s. It ain't, they past high school age. So these are grown men still entertaining this shit because I'm, I'm highly confident a lot of people following after these dudes are, are younger people. Maybe, maybe very early 20s and in their mid to late teens. So they're still very impressionable, but these guys are living that life to where it looks like they're involved, but at the end of the day, they go home somewhere, probably live in a decent neighborhood because they're constantly on tour doing shows, getting money. Meanwhile, the people watching them are in these regular neighborhoods or they're in bad communities. And then they look to these guys to do it, and I just was watching today, and I was like, man, this just, I have to get this off my chest. This shit scares me. It really does, and it only reinforces all the negative stereotypes that people place upon minorities. And that's what frustrates me the most, but it's hard to get to somebody whose entertainment base is on their phone, and they got people marketing directly to them. It's hard to get them to say, hey, I know what you're feeling, but hey, look at the news. Because all the shit that's happening on your phone right now, you know, that whole little world you got in your hand right now, all that shit is going to affect how people older than you vote for legislation that's going to control your life. It's hard to sell that shit to a young person. Especially a young person without guidance. Like, hey, look, I know you in high school, but in three, four years when you can vote, and this is going to matter for you, pay attention. We not really thinking at that age. I know I wasn't. We not really thinking two weekends in advance for the most part. It's like, I need your money. I want to go hang with my girls, with my with my girl. Or I want to be with my boys where the girls are at if I ain't got no girl. That's it. I'm trying to have fun. Because who cares about next week? You get a little older, you're like, man, I need to plan out three or four steps in advance because I know tomorrow ain't going to be there. I've lived long enough to see things go away. And it, it just kills me because the beauty of what Worldstar, what I thought it was supposed to be, it was, I thought it was going to be a breeding ground for creativity and for news stories to hit people that it wouldn't normally grab. It would get, it would pull headlines that had those stories on it and all other shit, but now it's just a bunch of, a bunch of people uploading their videos so that other people can look at them as people who want to break into the music industry, which is understandable, but the only music videos that I really see break on there a lot, I would say the majority of the ones that break on there a lot are the ones that revolve around gun violence and drugs when it comes to rap or some salacious shit that they got a female rapper doing. So it's hard, but to people that can, that are looking at that, that's the path because they're seeing people have minimal success with that. And some people break out from that, but that's the path these young artists are going through, unfortunately. And I thought it maybe slowed down because you had guys do a separate route and go through the SoundCloud wave and do that. But as I go back and check, no, nah, it's a little list of songs, like just different artists, different artists, different artists, and all of them really the same. They all talking about the same shit for the most part. You know, just something that I saw that concerned me, concerned about black youth, 
had to get it off my chest. I apologize for rambling, but it's just something I had to, um, something I had to get off. And um, I saw something else about about the children, but these children are the children of migrants, and it's them equating the camps that are at the borders or at um, I would say immigration zones or whatever how you want to put it like the immigration collection points if you want to be crude and call it that but basically where the children are being kept the reports i've seen have been that those of that these kids are living in conditions that are unsanitary some of them don't have beds some of them don't have blankets they don't have soap deodorant toothpaste just completely fucked up conditions and if this is true i'm not i'm not verifying any of this because I don't know if this is true, but if this is true, this is sad. It is really sad. Because my thing is, what are you keeping them for? That's what I want to know. Why are they there? If you're going to send them home, send them home. Don't separate them from their families. If they come together with parents in the first place, don't separate them. Because I, I don't put it past people to send their kids on like hey, you got to continue on i don't put it past that that's happening i'm not saying that doesn't happen if you can at all why not keep them together and send everybody back at once why keep the children unless you got something else planned for them that's the only thing i could think what do you have planned for these kids if you're not sending them back home with their folks when they get here and like I said, I'm not denying the fact that people may send their kids, hey, you, if I can't make it, I need you to go forward and have a better life there. It's better than what we got going on. And I don't, it's like, it's a catch-22 because, well, I don't knock somebody for trying to make the situation better. And while I believe that for somebody to cast their children out and tell them to move on into a completely different country where they don't speak the language without them, I'm going to say the conditions got to be pretty, pretty bad for that to happen. And I know I've probably said this before, but for those of you that listen to this on a regular basis, for anybody that's new that may be listening, I want you to understand, for people to do that, I'm going to assume, I'm going to go, jump, go out on a limb and assume that the conditions have to be really, really bad for somebody to, in a, in a nutshell, sacrifice their children to the unknown and say, hey, the unknown is better than what we have going on where we currently live. This journey, this traveling depending on how far away they came from or whatever. It could have been arduous, dangerous, whatever. If it's bad enough for them to let their children go without them, I want to say it's safe to say it's pretty fucked up. They're probably getting some false knowledge from somebody, but still, it's pretty messed up. On the flip side of this, it's just like I say to young black people or to black people anywhere, listen, the last thing we need out here is fatherless children or children coming from broken homes. That's the last thing we need. We are already looked at as dangerous out the womb, out the gate. You a young black male, you reach a certain age, you looked at a, a certain type of way. And as soon as motherfuckers feel like you can fight, your ass is in trouble. You go out there, you get to breaking the law and fucking up shit. You looked at it a different way. You are dangerous. And black females got a little bit more leeway as far as the danger factor until they reach a certain age. That's just how I feel. I could be, I don't believe I'm wrong. You're not going to change my mind on that. That's just how I feel. And I also say, hey, black people, if we cannot take care of our children, we need to stop having children. For those of us who cannot plan and take care of children, I understand Things happen in the bedroom, cool, la de fucking die. We know this when we step in the bedroom. When you, as soon as you get butt booty naked and you get to do what you got to do, you understand the consequences of what could happen if you don't, if you don't take the necessary precautions. So that excuse for us has to be over with. Unless you want some type of, unless you married. I would say, or you in some type of serious relationship, some alternative uh, relationship, whatever, that excuse has to be off the table. Because we know what I, we know the word 
not the world. We know the world that our kids are stepping out into. We are fully fucking aware. With all this shit going on on the TV, if you are not in a situation to where you can functionally maintain a household, that's not a risk you need to be setting yourself up for. Especially when these young dudes growing up without fathers out in the streets. Or their father's too busy because they got to work multiple jobs to take care of their family. They can't be around. We know what we're heading for. So we got to stop putting ourselves in fucked up situations. I would like to submit that to people trying to get into the country illegally. And I know they, there's like a 100% chance nobody in that situation listens to this. But on the off chance, it's like, for me, I don't understand why people in a situation that bad continue to have children. I really don't. Especially if you have any knowledge or are thinking about possibly immigrating to the U.S. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why would you put yourself in this situation? I don't understand it. I'm not justifying the treatment at all. Because if it's on our news, I'm pretty sure it's being reported. I really hope it's being reported somewhere else. I'm not going to say it is. And I don't know what their access to media is, but... If I'm going to a place where I feel like people don't want me, I damn sure don't want to bring my children. But then again, I don't know what they have access to. I can only assume the conditions are bad. But I just think it's really terrible. And if what they're saying is true, and these people are being treated this way, it's like, why? Why? I don't know what you're keeping him here for. My conspiracy theory brain says, hey, look, this is about to be the new lower, lower class. This is about to be the new low, low class. These kids that were brought in with our parents, this is like, it's going to be a new boost for the workforce. I, like, I don't understand why if you're going to keep these kids here and they're not going to be reunited with their parents, they need trades. If you're going to naturalize them and make it citizens, let's start early. Let's get English teachers. Let's get whatever you need down there in, in order to make these people citizens. And I'm saying these people because I'm trying to humanize the situation because I'm immigrants, migrants, all that shit. Nobody gives a fuck about immigrants and migrants. I don't give a fuck what country you come from. Immigrant, pff, migrant, pff, you don't give a fuck about that. That's less than human. That's dehumanization. You say people will not have to think of this person as that, as a fucking person. So I'm saying these people, these children, little boys and girls, babies, young women, young men, possibly grown men and women, these people are not being treated to the level of human beings if the reports are fucking true. And that's all that I'm saying. If this was a prisoner of war or something, I would not give a single solitary fuck about how they were treated. If we know, hey, this person harmed an American. Okay. This person was at war. All right. Because I know my personality and myself in this situation, I wouldn't care about them. I wouldn't. Not a person actively engaged in war. Now, a civilian, like, that'd be like somebody shooting at me. Like, I don't want, I'm just minding my business. <laughs> I don't want to get popped, you know what I mean? But if it's an active, somebody actively engaged in one, and they, yeah, I don't give a damn. But these people, they're just people trying to make their lives better. Do I agree with them illegally trying to get into a country? No. Do I, do I assume that there's some fucked up shit going on where they come from? Yes. And I can see that as motivation for them. To come this way. And I don't understand why other people can't see that. We we have psychological warfare imposed on us by our own country telling us how fucking great America is. Not necessarily a bad thing. You should be proud of where you come from. But I'm like, if we saying it's so great, why are we surprised people want to come there? If we so much better than everybody else, we must be at the tip top. Why would somebody else want to climb up here with us? It just makes sense. I don't know. I just hope they um the situation gets fixed because 
Our country looks bad right now. Our country looks bad, in my opinion, for the past. I, I say really since the end of 2015 and beginning of 2016, like the country started to look really, really shitty, in my opinion. And this is just me going off the uh, the news and the reporters, and I'm looking at other the way other leaders have spoken about our country. It just looks bad. And the thing about it now is that I know I'm familiar with more leaders than I was before because of the negative inter interactions they had with our leaders or the people that we looked at as enemies before. It is now being looked like our leadership is fucking with them vice the people that we've been dealing with. Instead of, instead of uh, dealing with our traditional allies in a respectful way, it's looking like it's going the other way. You got the vice president getting checked on, getting checked by commentators or political analysts and reporters and journalists on climate change. The president getting challenged on the conditions and uh, these, uh, I want to say, these camps for people from other countries. The foreign, the foreign people that may have that immigrated here illegally, those people, you got the, the president being questioned about those conditions, and then it getting bounced back to the former president, who I'm going to refer to in a minute. And just these interactions are, are what's in my brain. That's all I got. Like, I don't know these people individually. All I got is what they give me, the character of themselves that they put out for the media to disseminate and for us to ingest is all I have. And to me, it looks all bad. It looks like lying until it's the truth. And this is why, for me, I'm really excited. I'm really excited because I want to see who's going to disappoint me the most. I'm really excited for these 2020 debates coming up. I really want to sit here and watch who's going to disappoint me the most because I've never really seen politicians answer a question directly. That goes for the ones I like. A lot of the times they don't answer questions directly. And I'm looking at it now. I just wonder who's going to... Who's going to talk the most shit? Who's going to make it a show like they did last year? Because I know who made it a show last year because that motherfucker won. So I want to see who's going to make it, who's going to give me the best entertainment value while I'm trying to look for somebody who's going to lead this country. That's what I want to see. I'm excited. Who's going to get exposed? Because you got 20-something uh, Democratic people that are declaring they want to be the president, and you got one guy who's being backed, who looks to be being backed by the Republican side. And then I don't know who's going to pop out from whatever, the Green Party or the Libertarian Party. I don't know who's going to pop up from there. I'm just waiting to see who's going to work for my vote starting next week. I'm interested. It's very interesting. I want to know who's got the juice, who's going to maintain it, who's going to fall off. Because I want to see if they want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with that monster that's in the White House right now. Because he's willing to do anything and everything and probably now has the resources to dig up just about anything he wants on anybody running from him. They're already saying that homeboys, that he's made the mistake of being like, I'd listen to, to foreigners who had dirt on that, which was crazy. But still, I, I just want to see who, who's got it. Who can stand in the box and deal with that? Because now that homeboy seasoned, oh, it's going to be a whole different ball game. Now that he's got these stats that I believe some of which rolled over from the previous president, I want to see. I want to see when they discuss about reparations because they caught Mitch McConnell and asked him about how he felt about reparations and him being in line with what his party believes. He says he don't believe there should be reparations. I disagree. I think there's smart enough people in this country to figure out a way to do it. That's just my personal opinion. Trade schools college tuition cool small business loans i'm with it i'm with all that let's do it let's work let's try to let's try to level the playing field up that's what i, I want to see i want to see the commitment from this country that hey yes you were wrong let's fucking fix it not like oh it's in the past this motherfucker mitch mcconnell had the nerve to say that We've had an African-American president. Yeah, but had you had your way, that wouldn't have fucking happened. So how was that repaying the sins of the past? 
Because if the folks on the Republican side had their way, the person that won the presidency that happened to be of mixed descent wouldn't have won the presidency. You know what? I'm going to say fucking black because anywhere he would be go, he'd be considered black. But Barack Obama does it like old Dominican man. I'm just saying. No shade. I'm just saying. Um, the Mitch McConnell, like I was saying, like that doesn't equate. <laughs> that doesn't erase all the bullshit that's happened. That doesn't make it. We're not even Steven now because one person made it. Like they always say, black people are not a monolith. Not they, black people who got some sense say we're not a monolith. We're not all one way. There's a rainbow of black people. We're different. We we like different things. We believe in different shit. We do different stuff. We're not all the same. Just like all white people aren't the fucking same. All Asians, all Hispanics, all people from the Middle East, all people that are from India, anywhere. We're not all one way. You break it down, we differ as individuals. So there's no way in hell we're all one fucking way. But for him to say that, that that basically absolved the country of any, like, we've had to, No, that don't mean shit. They had the votes to get that man in the office. And if the other side didn't had the votes, that wouldn't have been the case. So what would the answer have been then? That's my thing. Is like, I smell fear when I see shit like that. I smell fear. I think a massive amount of educated, black, business-minded people is a fucking threat to the status quo of society. That's what I think. I think a lot of educated black people is a threat to the status quo of society. I feel like motherfuckers are nervous. For somebody to sit there and tell me that the white man, the middle-aged white man of America, (laughs) is the most persecuted person in the country right now to me is a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. And I understand, like, hey, I don't know what it's like to be potentially fired and my career shitting on for me being, for me saying something that could be looked at as racist. I don't know what that feels like. And I don't know if I said that on here before, but I 100% understand that, hey, man, I have no clue what it feels like for anything I say to be considered as racist. But I really, I really, really understand what it's like to be black. <laughs> I've been doing that for a long time. I understand what it's, for, what it's like to be black and be the only black person in the room and feel it as soon as you walk in. Not just amongst whites, amongst other people as well. I get it. There's such a stain on me when I walk in the room, especially if I'm dressed a certain way because what society has said I am. So before a motherfucker even meets me, there's a preconceived notion about me. There's certain things that are more believable about me because of what I look like. And a lot of that shit is fucking negative. I know what it's like to be this. I know what it's like to be out with somebody white, one of my homies, or just a group of people, and I'm, and say there's a white person with me or whatever, and I know what it's like to see them get looked at fucking funny, and them not even notice it, because one of their bros is black, one of their homies is black, and people kind of treat them a certain way, and they don't even fucking realize it, because they too busy being in their world, kicking it. I know what that's like. I know what it's like just being a group of young black men and going places and feeling like you got all eyes on you because you shouldn't be here. I also know what it's like having to talk to your white friends and tell them, like, hey, man, don't worry about it. I know it's not you. It ain't you. It's rare. In my face, it's rare. I know what that's like, too. And that, that fucking bothers me. It's like, I'm having to explain to somebody, like, listen, bro, you have been a great part of my experience. You are the reason that somebody like me is not a fucking stone-cold racist right now because I've repeatedly had people like you and for the majority of my life had people like you in my life to to reassure that my thinking that it's it's just a fringe section of society that feels this way in public, I'll say, there's a small section of society that feels that way about me and my life and all that shit, about me being a decent human being. I feel like there's a small percentage that feels the opposite when they see me, like, oh, as a black person, this person's dangerous, oh, there they go doing that shit again. I feel like it's a small percentage, and I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong about that, but I've had people in my life, I've been lucky, I would say, to have people in my life like that my whole life. 
my parents did a great job of having me around different people. And I don't know whether or not it was on purpose. I know I like to make a conscious effort for my children, but I don't think my parents did it on purpose. I just think that was their nature. Like, hey, these are our friends, these are our kids, whatever, whoop de whoop. And I've been lucky enough to be blessed like that. And I know that not everybody has been. Everybody hasn't had positive interactions. Everybody isn't to the point where their negative interactions they had with people can be overshadowed by the positive ones. Sometimes those those uh, thunderstorms, you know, sometimes they block the light of, of, a, of, a, you know, of a sunny day. And people can't get past that shit. Lucky for me, I'm on the other side of that. And I've had a lot of sun in my life. A whole lot of sun. To, and it, it definitely uh, outshines all the bullshit I've had to go through. But that don't mean I don't see that there's something wrong. It just reinforces the fact to me that we as black people got to start paying extra attention to shit we do. We got to pay a whole lot more attention to shit we do and how we raise our children. Because I'm going to keep it a being with you. For me, for me to explain this, I have to relate to sports because that's, that's what I know. And that's what I see that other people know. So for me, it's like sometimes when you're born, people, when people are born in life, some people come into life and they get to be close. You know, you get close to the field. When you get your ticket, you're close to the field. You're close to the court. You're close to the rink. You're close to the, to the ring. Whatever. You're close. You have an unobstructed view of what's going on. You're right there. You can you can almost touch it. As soon as it's your turn in the game of life to get out the stands and go and participate and get in that arena and be on the court, the field, whatever, you got it all right there. You got the financial backing, the financial backing, you got people with the know-how in your corner. You got all that shit right there. All you really gotta do is follow their footsteps and execute because you're right there next to it. Right there. And there's other people who may not have that financial, that financial backing, and they may have the education. So while their seats aren't as good, they're still right there. They're still right there, and they can, you know what, it's going to take me a little longer to get there, but I got the plan, I got the know-how behind me, so I'm going to just get out, and I'm going to maneuver, and I'm going to, and I'm going to make it. And so on and so on. And you got some people that are born in the fucking nosebleed with obstructed view. They get born into that shit. Can't do nothing about it. And all they're trying to do is see their way out of it. They're just trying to see which way to go to get a better view and understanding of what's going on and how they can not just watch the game and be a part of the game. They want to play too. But some people, they look up that obstructed view and feel like that's all they got. They're stuck. And they can never get better seats. And so they don't try. So they spend that whole life with the obstructed view. And then people come behind them. And those people may ask, like, hey, can we get better seats? And they're like, nah, man, this is it. This is that obstructed view. This is what we got. But it's going to take people behind them to move and peek their head to the side. And see, there's a whole lot more shit out there. And those people have to break barriers and get from behind that obstructive view. Get better seats. The people that come behind them. Get better seats. The people that come behind them. Get better seats. And you get closer and closer till you get ringside. That's the game. We build. That's what the game should be. But it doesn't always happen that way. I'm lucky enough to come from a situation where somebody before me had that obstructed view and they decided to move the fuck out the way. I mean, told me, here, son, here you go. You go get better seats. So that's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to get a better seat 
for my kids and for anybody who may hear this, man, whatever way you got to flip and spin how life works, do it. I'm trying to get better seats, and I won't be seated next to everybody. Of course, I want all, I want all my black people to move up, but I want Mexicans, Latinos, move up. Poor white people, move up. Asians, Arabs, whoever, move, the, move up. Move up. Change your viewpoint a little bit. Because what's the point if you can? And then when you change your shit and you move up a seat, you reach back and you see that motherfucker with that obstructive view and you have them moved ahead a little bit. You tell them to see what they're missing. You try to help them get a seat up, up there with you if you can. Or at least show them the way. And if they take what you got and roll with it, cool. If not, hey, goddammit, you tried. You can't ask for much more than that. And that's that's the lesson I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to take with me because the winds of change are blowing my way. I'm getting older, kids getting older, my job situation is changing, I'm transferring, I'm gonna be moving to a situation that's a a little bit different, a lot of bit the same, or a lot of bit different, a little bit the same. And I'm gonna have to maneuver and I won't I won't really know until I get there what my seat looks like, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to move it because even where I'm not now, I got a great view, real good view. Ringside seat in my career right now. Ringside seat. I just got to do right. But it can change with this move. But for me, that's opportunity. Because I'm going to be around different personalities and have to deal with people. Because right now, I'm around a lot of people I like. They have a lot of traits I don't like. But there's balance. And once I find a balance, then I can, then I can grow. But I'm gonna go take my time and find a balance first, and then if all goes through like it's supposed to go through, I'll be on the way to Japan, complaining about that country. Um, so I, I will say this as I end this: um, schedule-wise, there may be some changes. My goal, my aspiration, is to continue this for as long as I can. If I get into a situation, to where I cannot, I will not. If I get into a situation to where this will continue, I will continue. But please be patient with me because schedules may change. Things may get flipped around. New job, new year, new me, new bullshit, whatever, however you want to call it. I'm going to have to make some changes on my behalf. But I feel like I should still be able to do it. And there may be periods where I'm not able for a while. Um... I'll do my best to let people know via uh, the interwebs. So if you listen and you happen to like what I'm doing, reach out. There's, the Facebook page still exists. I mostly throw up funny videos of shit I see on Facebook on there because what else is it for if not fun? So the No Playing This Ride Facebook page still exists. There's still the No Playing This Ride at gmail.com. There's still the Twitter No Play 247. Capital N, lowercase O, capital P I A Y, no play two four seven, and I'm going away from doing something I was doing, which is trying to post shit with a bunch of hashtags on there, and that that type of shit to market your podcast. It may work for a little bit. This to give you guys some game in case you're trying to try it. It may work for a little bit. You may get something with the hashtags and shit like that. But to be honest, a lot of those hashtags only attract other people that podcast, and they'll just retweet your shit. To the people that already listen to their podcast. So it, it works, but it, it doesn't. So I think I'm going to be shutting that down. I'm trying to be more interactive with it. So I'm going to work on that part of myself, man. Also, um, I'm on Xbox Live. If you play 2K and you would like an easy win, you might catch me when I'm not on my, my player. But I'm on Xbox Live at Blackout904. So it's capital B. L X C K O U T Capital O nine oh four. So it's it's at Capital B B L X C K Capital O U T nine oh four at Blackout nine oh four on uh on Xbox Live. So if you wanna get a quick W because I don't I'm not listen, I'm not really good 
at playing 2K and shit like that. So whatever mode you got to play me on to get your wins up, I will gladly be a sacrificial lamb because you're not affecting my, my player shit, and that's all I really care about on that game. So fucking add me on Xbox Live and get it cracking. I don't have a headset yet, but I'm going to change that. So, yeah, also play, um, what do I play poorly? <laughs> um, Ghost Recon, Badlands, I got that. But I'm mostly on my PS4 playing Fallout 4 anyway. But add me on Xbox Live anyway. I need new friends and new experiences. But with that being said, man, y'all be good out there, man. Enjoy life. If you married fellas like me, like I just said about the video game shit, I love nothing more than to be left alone, nerding out of my video games and just kicking it in the house, not causing no marital problems whatsoever. But on the weekend, if your lady says she want to go out and do some shit during the day, bro, I'm telling you now, take her and the kids out and go out and do it. You will feel better as I'm finding out, like, my lady been trying to get me to go out to go just do random shit on the weekend. I resisted at first. But she don't know, I'm starting to really like being out with my family and doing this shit. Like, I do it every now and again, but she be wanting to go do mon mundane shit or whatever. But still, embrace it. You married her, y'all had kids, you committed to her, give her your time. Because if you start giving that shit to somebody else, you're going to be mad. I promise you, you'll feel better about doing it. And you bank those wife points that you need. You need those wife points so that... She don't mind when you go do something else because you already spent time with her. That's free game. Anyway, y'all be good out there. Hey, man, change the world. Change the world. Start with yourself. Change the world. You can do it. I promise. You can do it. Everything you need, you got. If you got a phone, you can listen to this podcast. You can change the world. I promise. You teach a motherfucker how to read. Pick up some trash or something. Change the world. Y'all be good out there, man. Peace.